times. I'm so grateful for what God is doing. Somebody say, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. It's a Thanksgiving kind of a day. Psalm 84 and 10. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. One day in the presence of God is better than a thousand days spent anywhere else on this earth. The Bible doesn't say a year in God's presence or a month or a week. Just one day in God's presence is better than a thousand days doing anything else. What the Bible's trying to tell us is that the very least portion of God is greater and better than the greatest portion of anything you could have on this earth. Quite literally, for those of us that serve Jesus and know him, can I just serve notice on the devil and on everybody else that's listening? Your worst day in the church is better than your best day in the world because you're saved and going to heaven. David was the one who penned those words. He wrote it for the sons of Korah. But when David penned that, you've got to think, David, you're a king. You're the king of all Israel. You live in a palace. Why would you want to be a doorkeeper? And if David, if we could resurrect him and he could stand here today, I think what he'd tell you is this. A doorkeeper at the right door has more influence than a king. A doorkeeper at a door that leads to God's presence, he has more influence than the king of a vast domain. David said, I'd rather sit just at the fringes, just at the door. A doorkeeper only just kind of lets other people go in and out. He just gets a glimpse of what's going on inside. But even one glimpse of our God is better than ages spent serving the pleasures of the world. David wrote this for the sons of Korah. If you're a Bible reader, you might remember that name. It's a little obscure. Their ancestor, Korah, was the one who led the rebellion against Moses in Numbers chapter 16. Korah was jealous because Moses was the leader and the honors of the priesthood had been given to Moses' brother Aaron. And so Korah rebelled with two of his friends, Datham and Abiram. And God judged them for their rebellion and their hatred of Moses. And the earth literally opened up and swallowed them. And fire went out from God and consumed 250 people that sided with Korah, all the sons of Korah. The next morning, 14,700 members of Israel were destroyed by a plague. And you think, well, those people, they're never going to love God. God judged their family. But Korah's sons later served God. In fact, they became very important in the service of the temple. So they'd obviously separated themselves from the attitude of their ancestor, from their father's jealous act of rebellion. They had an attitude of gratitude. That might be my history. That might be my family. That might be the dysfunction of my past or my parents. But let me tell you, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to be, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in God's house than be a big shot in the world. They were happy to bear burdens and open doors and let people come into the presence of God just in appreciation for God's mercy. David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper. He's probably thinking of this because this would have been a Jewish mindset. A doorpost was very important in Israel because there was a custom in ancient Israel that if a servant had served their master, every 50 years there was a jubilee and they could be set free. But if they loved their master and they didn't want to leave that house where they'd been treated so well, 
They could go to the, uh, the uh, doorpost of the house and they would take the lobe of their ear and they would literally drive a sharp instrument and all through the lobe of their ear, literally fastening them to the door in a symbolic action. That's told to us in Exodus 21, verse 5 and 6. If the servant plainly says, I love my master, I love my wife and my children, I will not go out free. Then his master brings him to the judges and brings him to the door, to the doorpost, and will bore through his ear with an awl, and he shall serve him forever, forever attached. When David writes, I'd rather be a doorkeeper, there's hardly a question that that image isn't prominent in his mind because a doorpost was very significant in a Jewish home, even in a palace like King David lived in. And what he's thinking is, I'd rather be fixed to the doorpost in the house of my God God than to be free out in the world. They call it freedom, but in here I'm really free. They call it liberty, but in here I'm really at liberty. They call this slavery. I call this freedom. They call this bondage. I call this liberty. I'd rather be fixed and attached to the doorpost of the house of my God than to just go do my own thing. And the psalmist says, a day in your courts, God, it's better than a thousand days spent anywhere else. You know, a lot can happen in one day. I don't know if you've noticed that in your life. One day can change the course of your family. One day can change the course of your marriage. One day can change the course of your health, for good or for bad. Zechariah 4 and 10, the Bible says, who has despised the day of small things? Even a small thing on a certain day can impact us forever. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 8 Peter writes, beloved, don't be ignorant of this one thing that one day, somebody say one day. One day is with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. God can accomplish a thousand years of miraculous working power. God can accomplish a thousand years of work in one day. You know this one, Psalm 118 verse 24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. So what are we gonna do when we have a day and God made it and we love God and we'd rather be in his, in his presence for one day than spend a thousand anywhere else? I'll tell you what we do when we get in God's presence on any day. We just rejoice in that day. We just rejoice in our God. We've got a lot to be thankful for in the wonderful nation of Canada. And I hope sometime tomorrow on Thanksgiving Day, you take a moment to just kind of think and reminisce and you don't just kind of say, well, it's a holiday, I'm gonna waste the day. You need to at least acknowledge that God has blessed you and blessed your family and blessed our nation and we've got a wonderful country to live in. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is Thanksgiving Sunday. We have not only a right, but we have a responsibility, if you will, to lift up the name of the Lord and thank God for everything that he's done for us. There's a lot that can happen in one day. There's a lot that can turn around in one day. I don't know what it is you're praying for, what it is you're hoping or longing for, but let me tell you, this God that we serve, this Jesus that we know, a lot can happen in one day. 
Exodus chapter 12 and verse 41, it says, and it came to pass at the end of the 430 years, even the self same day it came to pass. All the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. Israel had been enslaved in Egypt for 430 years. And guess how long it took God to overturn 430 years of bondage? One day. That's all. Just one day, God turned the whole thing around. They went from being bound to being free. They went from being slaves to being their own governing nation. They went from all kinds of abject poverty and pain into liberty and freedom, hope and light. It was amazing and God did it in one day. I don't care if you've been enslaved to alcohol or drugs or something else for 43 weeks, 43 months, or 43 years. In one day, God can turn that around. He's a miracle worker. You're sitting among, they sang about having a testimony. You're seated among some testimonies today. Now, we're probably trying to be a little polite and a little sedate and a little kind because, you know, we just don't want to mess you up on a holiday weekend. We don't want you being too freaked out. But can I tell you, these people are wild when they get thinking about what Jesus has actually done for them. We got some people that they used to be really bound, worse than you ever thought of. They used to be addicted, worse than you probably have been. But today they're free, and today their mind's clear, and today they're in God's presence. And so when we get in the house of God, it's a day to rejoice in him. Because here's what we know, just one day, just one trip to an altar, just one prayer, just one service, just one altar call, just one song, just one sermon. And when God's presence gets moving, one day can change anything. In one day, that long trial that they were in came to an end. Krista was here sitting on the organ bench playing today. What a sacrifice that is for her. Her body's in pain. She's weak. She's, she's been hurt by this disease. But let me tell you, in one day, a long trial can come to an end. In one day, God can speak healing. In one day, God can defy medical science. He invented this human body. He created the body you live in. And if he chooses to break the rules, he can do it. He has done it. And I believe he will do it. And I'm thankful one day can turn it all around. Let me tell you what you can have in one day. Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20. Joseph stands in front of his brothers, the same brothers that sold him into slavery, the same brothers that threw him in a pit, the same brothers that hated him and were jealous of him. And now he's second in command in the nation of Egypt and his brothers are before him and they have to come to him even to survive, to buy grain because there's famine everywhere. And Joseph says to them, as for you, you thought evil against me. But I just realized something. God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Let me tell you what can happen in one day. Let me tell you what can happen in one service. Let me tell you what can happen in one prayer meeting. You can get a perspective on what you've been walking through and say, oh, I thought it was for evil, but God just turned it around and used it for good. I thought I was going down for the last time, but I just realized God wasn't trying to hurt me. God intended it to bless me and when I come out of this I'm going to have a praise in one day it can turn around 
I'll tell you what can happen in one day. Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day. Somebody say one day. This day against you. I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. So, duh, choose life that both you and all your children may live. Here's what can happen in one day. You can make a choice to serve God. You can make a choice to live, leave sin. You can make a choice to say, I'm not going back to that habit anymore. In one day, you can make a choice, and if you'll make the right choice, this God I know, he'll help you make the right choice. This Jesus I know, if you say, I want to be free from this alcohol that's messing up my home because I'm just all messed up. I can't even think straight. You just repent of that. You just say, God, I want to walk away from that, but I need some help. And in one day, God can turn that situation around. I'm so addicted, I can't go a day without my fix. But boy, I would like to be free of that. All God needs is somebody to voice that. All God needs is somebody to pray that. And in one day, God can deliver you. You can make a choice in one day. You can make a choice today that affects every other day for the rest of your life. Young man named David, before he was a king, he was a shepherd boy. <laughs> he walked out on a battlefield. This is 1 Samuel 17. And he looks at a giant that's bigger than him. In fact, the giant's bigger than everybody else in the whole nation. And David looks at that giant and says, this day. Somebody say, one day. This day. That giant had tormented Israel for weeks. That giant had dared them to fight for weeks. Everybody was cowering. They were shaking in their boots, and nobody knew what to do. But David said, you know what? God's with me today. And so today is going to be a day of deliverance. And he said, this day, today, the Lord's going to deliver you into my hand, and all this assembly is going to know something. When God gives me this miracle, they're going to know that the Lord doesn't save with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he's going to give you into our hands. David said in one day this battle is going to turn around. In one day this victory is going to be won. In one day the enemy is going to be defeated. In one day it's going to happen. Do you know you can experience a miraculous deliverance in just one day? It doesn't take weeks. It doesn't take a class. It doesn't take five courses. It doesn't take any of that. It just takes one touch of the miracle working hand of God. I wish I could get somebody that you felt that, somebody that you know that, somebody that you experienced that, somebody you're still living on that, and you just say, today's a day of thanksgiving. I give God praise because God... God worked a miracle in my life. God worked a miracle in my family. My marriage was toast, but today we're together. My life was a wreck, but today I'm in my right mind and I've got joy. My whole home was going to pot, but today my home is united and we're free and we're happy and we owe a debt of thanks to Jesus. This is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. <laughs> I'm almost finished. Music, come on back. I'll tell you what can happen in one day. Matthew 25, verse 13. Watch, therefore, you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Someday soon, 
Jesus is coming back. They mock it. They discard it. They try to argue against it. But the word of God, every other prophecy that was given over hundreds of years, has been fulfilled to the letter in brilliant, beautiful detail. And so many scriptures in the word of God prophesy that Jesus is coming back. Scripture tells us no man knows the day nor the hour. Only God knows. The angels don't know. Creation doesn't know. No preacher knows. No human being knows. They can guess. They can speculate. But let me tell you something. That day is going to change everything. When the Lord returns, it's going to happen in one day. There will not be any announcements in the newspaper. There will not be any websites that give you all the information as it happens because it's going to happen in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And that day changes everything. There is no appointment that you have in your calendar. There is no appointment that you have on your day timer. There is no appointment that you've prepared for, studied for, planned for, hoped for, longed for. There is no appointment that even comes close to being as important as that appointment. On that day, when Jesus returns, everybody that is his child is going to be taken from this earth in something the Bible calls the rapture. Don't let some stupid late-night comedian or talk show host, some talking head on TV, mock that enough for it to put a doubt in your mind. The Bible is true. And the Bible will be true on this. And in one day, it could be today. In one day, Jesus returns. You say, are you scared? Do you understand what that day means? That day means no more heartache. No more suffering. That day, oh my goodness. That day for the people of God means no more disease. We won't be praying over any saints with cancer anymore because all cancer's healed in a moment on that day. We won't be praying over somebody that's got some crippling infirmity because on that day, everybody's whole. We won't be praying over somebody that's walking through a dark valley trial of their life because on that day, everything's made new. You understand what could happen in one day? One day changes everything. And here's the best scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day. Somebody say one day. Now is the day of salvation. You're not promised tomorrow. None of us are. You're not promised next week. You're not promised a future, a career, a retirement. You're not promised a long life even. But you got today. Today is the day that you can make a choice to let God move into your life and do something that only he can do. Today is the day that God can touch you with a miracle and he can restore something that's broken and hurting today's that day I am so thankful for the miracle working power 
of God. I get the privilege of being one of the pastors at this great church. I get the privilege of hearing some of the stories from this great church. We clean up and shine up pretty good, you know? We come to church, we all look like we got our act together. You don't know the tears. You don't know the loneliness. You don't know the heartache. You don't know the failures. You don't know the dysfunction. You don't know the anguish. You don't know the pain that many of the people sitting around you have walked through. Do you know why they're here? Because they had that encounter with Jesus that changed everything. And it can happen in one day. And I just figured, you know what? Today's Thanksgiving Sunday. What a day to let God do something for somebody. What a day to thank him for what he's done for us. What a day to let God be God. Because in one day, God can turn everything around. If you know Jesus, I'm going to ask you right now, if you'd lift up your praise to him in whatever way you do that. I hope it's with your voice. I hope it's with your hands. I hope it's with your whole heart. And just thank him for the difference that he made in your life. Just thank him for the difference that he made in your home. Just thank him for the difference that he made in your marriage. Just thank him for the difference he made the day he healed you, the day he restored you, the day he broke the bondage of alcoholism or drug addiction, the day that he restored what you thought could never be fixed. He's worthy of your praise today. He's worthy of your praise today. Thank you, God. This little song says, No one can touch you like 